Uh, real quick, this is a little different than um, what we normally do, but it fits within the realm that we're a generous church, and at times we have taken on different projects and different opportunities, but this one, this is going to test it just a little bit, but I know, um, I know you'll come through with, uh, with flying colors. Um, Jeff and Pam Myers, who many of you may know, go to our church. Uh, Pamela was born with a disease that affects her kidneys. And um, it's a life-threatening one. In fact, um, we're, we're coming close to being out of time with what she needs, which is a transplant. She's had one from her husband, but her body rejected it. Um, to wait for a cadaver is about five years, and she doesn't have that length of time. So um, what we're trying to do is to get the word out. Now, it may not be a person that hears this right in this moment in this room, but maybe you will talk to someone, or maybe you know someone. We're hoping that if just enough people hear this, we can close the odds uh, on this situation. And maybe there is someone who is sitting in this room who, who would feel like, hey, I can help with that, or I would like to at least try. So there's a website that uh, Jeff and Pam have put together, and if you'll pull that up for me. It literally is, Pamela needs a kidney. That's a tough one to forget, right? PamelaNeedsAKidney.com. Now, let me just say, maybe you're here and you're like, Pastor, I'm in the same boat. I, why are you doing that for them and not for me? I, I know about hers. I may not know about another one. And come talk to me if you find yourself in that situation. Obviously, it is, um, I, I've never asked for an organ before. Uh, that's a new one for me, too. <laughs> but... We just simply believe that if enough people hear this, that there's somebody out there. Our online presence is far bigger than our just in-person presence, too. And so we're hoping that maybe that way it spreads. Maybe you'll talk to somebody. Again, maybe, maybe this week the Lord speaks to you and gives you an idea, or maybe you yourself. So if you are interested in checking it out, uh, PamelaNeedsAKidney.com. And um, if, you, if you don't know her, she'll be, where will you be? After, why don't you raise your hand real quick so we know who we're talking about right here. Where will you be after service? You'll, she'll stay right here. So if you want to talk to her about it, you can do that. If you want to pray about it or read some of the information first, do that. Uh, not asking you to do anything other than just, would you be aware of this? And if the conversation comes up or maybe something occurs to you, would you please um, just act on that right there? And that will be it. Um, how about this? Uh, you found it. I'm so glad, right? I didn't know what would be the, <laughs> the outcome. Uh, last service, man, it was obviously the Bronx are playing, um, I think probably about right now. And um, it, I know some of you are recording the game, so I have no idea what's going on with it either, and I'm not bringing it up for that. But in the last one, it was just packed to the gills. And so I thought there'll only be about eight people here in this, in this service, and you surprised me. So glad that you're here. Welcome. If you are new to our church, it's a perfect time for you to come. Uh, I don't want you to feel like, gosh, you know, uh, this is a new church that's just began. Uh, no, Jake said it, 23 years, and we made it back to a gym. Yay! Yay! Way to go! So, um, yeah, it's a... It, it's a it's a fun place for us to be at in that we don't see this as a waste of time and we don't see this as a step backwards. Here's what we see. Uh, in this little room right over here are a couple of things. There's a couple of chairs, a place where we can pray. And then Amy put in there, just like out in the foyer, she put in there the schematic 
of what the new building looks like. And so I was just, I was looking at that and praying over it. And here's what I felt like the Lord said to me, to get there, you've got to go through here. And so just to be honest with you, to me then, this isn't a waste of time. To me, this isn't some inconvenient, uh, we got to be in a gym for a little while. For me, it's a chance for our church to do something different, to do something new. For people that have been on the fringe to come into the middle. For people who are new to find an even ground and an even footing. And for people that have been here for a long period of time to find a, a renewing and a newness in being a part of your church and helping your church and not just simply like sometimes we get into good places where we're spoiled by all the things around us. Can I just tell you real quickly, our hope and our glory is not in the comfort of a building. If we have Jesus with us, we can meet any place, man. We can go any place and we can do anything. Now, you think that maybe I'm just saying that, but the truth of the matter is we live in times where we may not always have the luxury and the convenience of a really nice building. There may be times where what we have is that we gather together with other believers who love Jesus, and in the middle of that, he's there to answer our prayers and to heal sick people, to open blind eyes, to make sure that the enemy is routed and that God can do good things. And you've got to believe that. This is the time for our church to renew itself in a lot of different ways, folks. So I'm excited about this time. Uh, of course, the weather's warm right now. Ask me in two months how excited I am about it. We'll see. No, I'm teasing. So here's what I want to do today. A little bit different. We're going to do uh, maybe this week and next week uh, a couple of one-off messages, and then we'll start a series as we move forward. And um, so how would I describe this today? When I first started in ministry, my first full-time position um, was in Lakeland, Florida. And so I'll describe this to you. You know Tampa, I think. You know Orlando, right, if you know Disney. Right in between those two places on Interstate 4, right in the middle of Florida, is a little town called Lakeland. And the only reason that it's even known is because the interstate goes through that town right there. There's an Assembly of God Bible College in that town, Southeastern. And Chris and I were connected to that school uh, with a church that was being planted there. And that was our very first full-time place that we went to work, right? And I had a pastor who was a very corporate guy. He always wore suits and ties, never, ever caught without a tie on. Uh, before we could go out, he made all the pastors sit up on stage, one of those churches, and he would make you put your feet up and make sure your shoes were shined enough to go out. And if they weren't, you stayed behind while everybody else went out. I, do I look like a corporate type of a... Guy, I did, it was not a good mix. He and I, he was a man I could learn a lot from. It was a season in my life that I wouldn't want to go back to it, but we learned a ton during that time. We grew during that time. Uh, he, he was a very, very corporate guy, right? And so we're in that situation, and I don't remember exactly what caused this, but whenever he had something really serious that he wanted to communicate, he had this notepad on his desk, and it would say a note from Pastor Blackburn. And you knew if you got handed that, you better take care of whatever was on that note. Like if one of the pastors was handed that, you didn't wait till next week to take care of that. If you got an email, that was different. But if you got that note from the desk of Pastor Blackburn, you took, okay, I don't have any of those notes. <laughs> but if I were to tell you this is from the heart of your pastor, would you pay attention today? Because I think this is an important message. I'm breaking what I normally do in teaching a series and in opening the Bible and kind of pulling from there. I want to teach part of my job, listen to this, is that I protect you. 
part of my job spiritually is, this is a great illustration. Like you're sitting there kind of eye level with the people that are around you and I'm sitting up here where I can see a little bit further than you can. I have a better view. What it allows me to do is to kind of see what's going on through the room and spiritually speaking, I kind of sit not in a higher, like I'm better, but in a higher position because I'm on watch for what's going on around you, right? And when I see things spiritually from different ways where I feel like the enemy's trying to come this way, my job is A, to warn you, it's to help steer you away from that. If you're being attacked, it's to stand in between you and the one who's attacking you and say, hey, this can't happen. Does that make sense? Pastors are charged with protecting the flock. And in fact, Jesus said it this way, the one who abandons the flock when the flock is being attacked is not a shepherd, that's a hireling. Let them go anyway, right? Get rid of those guys. You want the ones that stay in there to protect the sheep. So this is that message. It's not a fearful thing. It's not a heavy thing like, hey, if you don't do this, destruction. That's not what I'm saying. It's something that I see right now and that I've personally been experiencing. It's kind of a two-part message you'll see today. So the first part, uh, I want to do it this way. This is number one if you're taking the notes. I want to talk about intense warfare that I see happening right now. Intense warfare. So this is our 36th year in ministry. That's a long time. That's a long time to do anything. That's a long time to do a job. 36 years. Terry, how long for you? 103 years? What did you say? Uh, 40, 45. 45. <laughs> Dude, I teed it up. I left it perfect for you to hand that to me, and you did it, my friend. So Terry's been in ministry 45 years. I, I, Terry, I don't know if you would agree with me. I think that you would agree with me. But I've never seen in my life, I've seen times of spiritual warfare. I've seen people go through things. This is not just like a jubilee thing. This is that idea that I'm looking out. My, my pastor friends that I'm talking to, and not just in our area, but, but around the United States, man, they're telling me stories of things their churches are going through, things they're going through. I had a pastor locally just a week and a half ago who sent me an email. He's got my number. He texted me, actually, and he said, listen, this weekend my church is at a crossroads, and if it doesn't change, I'm going to shut it down this weekend. That's what he said to me. Considering shutting it down this weekend. Now you know this is not a brand new church. This is not some fly by night. This is an established church who's doing well. They got a lot going for them. What is happening in this church that a pastor is considering that? And by the way, when I get a message like that, that's not one where you're like, hey, I'll make an appointment in three weeks for you. I met with him that afternoon and I felt like the Lord encouraged him. Speak to him the future. Speak to him that I'm for him and that I'm with him and that I can strategy and give him an out of this. And so I got an email from him right before this weekend who said, it's working. God is answering our prayers. We're going forward. We're going to be good. So here's my thought, right? So all I'm saying is this message is designed so that you understand there's a future. God's is not abandoning. He's not, he's not removed his hand. He's with us. He's for us. It, it's, so let's just recognize that there's intense spiritual warfare. So 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Let me read this to you. This is advice to believers. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like what? A roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So this is not some 
endemic thing that's happening just right here in our church or in your family or your job. This is how the enemy is attacking right now. So let me, let me give you a story. Uh, I feel like for like the past four or five weeks, I've just been in this place. If I said spiritual funk, maybe that would help some to understand it. If I said I feel like a delusion had been over my head and in front of my eyes where all I could see was just I'm trying to survive right now. I'm just trying to get through. I'll never give up but I feel like I'm being pressured to give in. Does that make any sense? And sometimes, listen, it's not about giving up. Most of us have already decided we sailed one way, burned the ships, there's nothing to go back to. But if the enemy can't get you to go back, he'll get you to give in. Because when you give in, now you're just surviving. You're not effective. You're not powerful. You're not moving forward. You're not even believing in God doing great things. You're just going through life. God doesn't want you to just go through life. God wants you to be powerful and effective. He wants you to see clearly. Uh, when I was called into ministry, the Lord used uh, the gospel of Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news, to open blinded eyes. I feel like at 3.30 Friday morning, the Lord woke me up and opened up my eyes. I feel like I, to say that I was blind is not correct. But to say that it was like a delusion, a misleading, you can't see the forest for the trees. I don't know what word to, to use. A darkness was around me where I'm, I'm kind of groping and trying to move forward. But it's not, nothing was clear where I live my life with such clarity. So I felt like the Lord, 3.30, woke me up and said, you can't lay here in the bed. You've got to get up because you'll go back to sleep. Anybody else? Yeah, right? Like, I'm going to hear from God. And so... Get up, come downstairs. I went into my office because I'm blessed. I have an office at my house. I went in. I got a chair. I sat down in that chair and just opened my heart to the Lord. And I felt like the Lord specifically, I want you to begin to bind and to loose. Do you know what that means? When I, if you don't know, but to bind. Jesus said what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, we have, we have authority with our words to affect the heavenlies, guys. We don't just wrestle with things around us that we can see. We wrestle with things that we can't see. Spiritual wickedness in high places. And God has given us tools and authority to tear those things down. So the Lord is speaking to me. Bind these things. Pray right now for deliverance. Pray, pray for clarity. And I know, man, it was like my eyes were open. My vision became sharp and focused so that even pre pre preaching this message wasn't about just kind of a nebulous thing. It was sharp and focused knowing that there's strong delusion to believe the enemy's lie that's in the world today. And it's just it's, it's a fogginess, a, 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 a lack of clarity, a blindness, a, 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 an inability to know where God is and what God is doing. Not that you feel like God has left you, but you're not hearing his voice maybe. Don't know how to describe it to you, but I know that there's just this incredible intense warfare. Ephesians 6. The Lord took me to this on Friday morning. Finally, be strong in what? Not in your flesh, not in your strength, not in your willpower, not in your determination, not even to be strong in like, hey, we can bust, bust through this. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's, what's that word? Schemes. That's the well-worn path. How many of you remember me teaching on the well-worn path, right? The well-worn path is the thing that the enemy has figured out that works in your life. It may not work in my life, but it works in your life. And he knows how that well-worn path 
Any, any hunter in the room, any person who has ever observed nature, if you go up into the mountains, you look on the side of a mountain, you'll see those little small paths that are cut back and forth on the mountain. Those are animals. that They don't just wander all over when they go someplace. They, hunters look for the game path. They position themselves. At, so this, this is a word picture. Schemes means the enemy finds a path that he walks in and out, over and over. He does it so many times that it, makes a, it kills everything else around it because he walks on that. In your life, the devil has schemes that are successful at times. And so what God is warning us about is don't let these schemes work anymore. Be aware. There are well-worn paths. You can do something about it. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. <laughs> you didn't marry your problem. You're not raising your problem. And you don't go to work at your problem. <laughs> your struggle is not flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, that's what I'm talking about, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, look at this, stand firm then. It's time to take your stand. To not be pushed around, to not be misled, to not walk around blind but to be clear and to be focused and to be sharp. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit. I'll say it one more time. Pray in the what? Pray in the Spirit. Sometimes by neglect we let that go. Pray in the Spirit and on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So I just believe that today God wants to set people free. That God doesn't want you to live in this kind of a a small dimensional world where you can't see beyond just surviving right now. And especially if you're younger, it is easy just to look at the world today and to figure the best that I can do is to try to hold my own. God wants you to be victorious. He's called you to be an overcomer. You're equipped and you're able to move forward today. You've got to wake up. You've got to become focused. You've got to become sharp. Here's the second one today. And at the end, we're going to pray over this thing. Here's the second one today. Um, three years ago, three and a half years ago, somewhere in that time frame, uh, we began to move towards what we're doing right now. We had campus churches and we basically were a church made up of many different churches. And about three and a half years ago, maybe even a little bit more than that, Chris and I uh, had heard from the Lord. He specifically told us it's time to regroup it back to this and then I need to take Lone Tree into a particular place. The thing that I brought you here, it's now time to do. So we took our campus churches and we gave away all the resources, all the people, all the pastors. They became their own churches. They've done really well. They're established. They're growing. They're strong. Praise God, there's more today than there was five years ago. Many more believers. And then we took it back to Lone Tree 
And then we knew as the Lord just began to reveal his plan and purpose that the teaching and training center was important. So therefore we couldn't stay at our current location and all the things that needed to happen are happening. So we find ourselves right now in this in-between place. Listen to me, this is really important because it's a word for right now. We're not where we were because we've now crossed a threshold and we can't go back. I can't call Thrive Church and say, hey, we changed our mind. We can't go hang over there and just say, look, when you guys are done, can we use the building? There's no going back. And yet I can't move forward because our place is not ready yet. So where are we? We're in this in-between place that I'm going to call the hallway. And I actually taught about this about three years ago. I said we're coming into this time where we're going to be in this hallway. And the hallway is where the enemy loves to take advantage because you can't go forward to your destiny, but you can't go back to where you were comfortable. You're stuck in this in-between place. And some of you have been in that place in life. So uh, technically, the term for that, it's called liminal space. Let me read you the definition. You'll see it behind me. It's the intermediate, in-between, traditional state, transitional state, where you cannot go back to where you were because a threshold has been crossed and you have yet to arrive where you are going because it's not yet available to you. Essentially, it's the hallway that connects the past and the future. And we find ourselves in that place right there trying to figure it out. Now, let me just give this to you real quickly. That's great that I can come up with some kind of like, you know, um, theory and thought. But can I find it in the Bible? So I'm going to give you three quick places where you can see this in between this hallway in the Bible. Uh, the first one, let's use Jesus. The Bible says that on the night he was betrayed, right? From the upper room, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He had left that place where he was, and he's not yet through the cross, and in the ascension, he's in that in-between place, and it was so difficult for Jesus that he prayed this prayer. Father, if it's possible, take this cup away from me, but not my will, your will be done. And Jesus was willing to go through the hallway. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, he was willing to endure the cross. He was willing to go through the hallway, that in-between place, to get to the place that God called him to. Another one is Job, the oldest book in the Bible. One of those books that we avoid reading because we don't want to familiarize ourselves with his plight. It's hard to understand. Like, why would God put this book... So let me just give you a couple of truths about Job. Uh, first of all, Job's, his life, the part that we have in the Bible makes up about a year or so of his life. But Job was already an older man by the time he got there and he was blessed, he was wealthy, he was, he was established, he had everything. We just don't have that part of the story included. It just tells us that he was all those things. The book of Job is about him losing all of those things holding on to his faith. And then the Bible says this, that after that trial that he went through, God gave him back double. But the book of Job essentially is the hallway that Job was in. From his past to his future, he had to go through that difficult hallway right there. Now, I'm not pronouncing the book of Job on your life. We don't need that. But I'm just trying to show you that it's in the Bible if you look for it. And here's the one I want to show you today. When Israel left Egypt... They had been slaves for 430 years. They cried out for a deliverer. God sent Moses. Moses leads them out. Remember all the plagues, right? Moses leads them out of Egypt, and they end up at the Red Sea. They can't go across to the Promised Land, which is their future, but they can't go back to Egypt either. 
And they're in this really tough place where they can't go forward and they can't go backward because Pharaoh and his armies are between them and Egypt and the Red Sea is between them and the Promised Land. And I'll read that story to you real quickly. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. (laughs) Do you remember what they cried out? They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? As a leader, those are not affirming words. <laughs> Looked like today's a celebration. Today's fun. Today's warm. The Broncos are looking good. They might pull off two in a row. I know you're afraid to give your heart away again. I know. I'm with you on that. Let's, let's be cautious, Pastor, before we get excited. But there's hope. And it's been a long time since we felt hope on a Sunday about the Broncos. It's hopeful. So we find ourselves today, it's like a hopeful day in here. Weather's nice. And, you know, you came to the right service. You probably didn't have to fight for a parking space. You should have seen it about an hour and a half ago. People who lost their salvation that had to come back to Jesus because they came to church. But it's going to be October and then November. And the hallway is going to be a little bit longer than it feels today. And a little more difficult to navigate. You're going to have to be a little more intentional and a little more focused and a little more on purpose. And it's going to be easy to think, did Pastor John bring us to this gymnasium because there's no place to die in Lone Tree? Moses' answer to them, this is one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. I, I, I wouldn't say like, how do you rate the top three miracles in the Bible? But when you think in effect, one of the greatest miracles that God did was when he parted the Red Sea. And I had a guy tell me one time, listen, that can be explained that that part of the Red Sea was only a few inches deep. And so the wind blew and that's what parted the waters. Well, then the bigger miracle was that Pharaoh and his chariots drowned in three inches of water then. <laughs> Think about that. Like if you're looking for the logical explanation, you're ignoring the miraculous because it was a miracle. And so in that miracle right there, you have this. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. These words, you need only to be still. Watch the Lord do His work. See what God can do. You know, we find ourselves at times, yeah, you can give the Lord. That's I think a good thing. Hey, we will never turn our backs on excitement for Jesus. So you be as excited as you want to be and don't feel embarrassed about that. The other people who aren't excited should be the embarrassed ones today. So how about that? I will just say very quickly that you find yourself at times where you're in a hallway and you think to yourself, why am I here? I don't want to be in this place. This is not, you know, I love God and I'm trying to follow God. And all of a sudden I find myself having to leave something. I can't yet get to where I'm going. And I'm in the, what good can God do in a hallway? So let me give you three things real quickly. One, God can deliver you when you're in a hallway. God can show himself strong on your behalf when you're in a hallway. And God can do for you what he promised to do for you, which is to bring you into the place that he called you to. How many of you would love to get into the place that God's finally calling you to, man? You've been trying for a long time. You've been praying for a long time. You've been hoping for a long time. Here's what's good about this time for us right now. 
that God can do powerful things in our midst. Not when we get into a new building. Look at me. Our hope is not a new building. Our comfort is not new carpet. Our, our, our best days are not because we have screens that work and we have, you know, lighting and we have all sorts of... Our best days are when Jesus moves mightily on our behalf. That's what we need. Some of us have been... Become, we're accustomed to comfort. We, we believe that the favor of God rests in the things that make us comfort. The favor of God rests in His presence in your life. This is a time for the presence of God to be strong. It's a time for things to, it's a new day, a new season, a time for things to be shaken and moved in a good way, not in a bad way. It's a time to stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. Some of you have come to this place in your life right now. This is a microcosm of where you are. You can't go forward and you can't go backwards and you feel uncomfortable. And you feel like you've done something wrong. You feel like you've made a mistake. You feel like the Lord has abandoned you. You feel like your best days are behind you. Stop! Your best days are in front of you. What God has for you is in front of you. Your future is strong and secure. Don't give in to the feeling of, I, I just feel pressure. I don't, I don't feel like I can do, I can't get where I want to go because it's not available yet. So you don't give up and quit. In the middle of that place, we celebrate God right now. So here's what we're praying and what I want you to pray. We're praying for the Mile High Revival. The Mile High Revival. We think God can move when we get into the new building. If God can't move in here, he's not going to move in the new building. Do you understand? If he can't be strong in here, why would he be strong over there? God needs a better sound system. God needs our carpet. God needs a coffee bar where we can get latte. What is it that we need in order for God to show up? How about we gather together with other people who are desperate? You know what Jubilee needs? Desperation. We don't need more carpet. We don't need better facilities. We don't need greater parking. We don't need to be close to Ikea. What we need is the presence of God right now. We need more of God. You know, we've been praying. I've been praying for a long time. God, I just don't want the status quo. I don't want to just be comfortable. I, not that I'm against comfort. I like it too. But God, do something great in our church. I'll trade right now comfort for miracles. I will. I'll trade right now, right, the presence of a building for the presence of Jesus in a new and precious way inside of here. If we could have it here, then we can have it there. But if we can't have it here, I'm not sure that just going over there is going to make that happen for us. Am I making any sense? Let me take a picture of you here. Hmm. There we go. That's good. Yeah. Got a picture of you right here. I'm going to pray for you this week. I like you. <laughs> you know, I just feel literally like some of you, it really is a microcosm. I'm going to say it one more time because I feel like the Lord is kind of putting this on me. You feel in your life like your best days were behind you. And you don't know how to get where you're going. Or maybe you can't even see it. That's what I was talking about. You're blind to it. You're not stupid. You're not ignorant. You're not foolish. The devil works to deceive us. Wanting us to give up right before we get there. 
If he can't get you to quit, then he wants you to give in. And I don't know when I say that, I think that you're like, I just don't even have it in me to get back up again. Do you have it in you to believe that God can touch you, can strengthen you? I'm not asking you to get yourself back up again. We've had too much of strong flesh. We need strong presence. This is what we need, man. We need strong presence right now. So, in the last service when I prayed for people, so I felt like the Lord, if, I know some of you sat through both services, and you realize that I've altered this message a little bit to take it in the form where I felt like the Holy Spirit, like this was superfluous and this is where you need to spend your time. So on that issue of just like in that hallway and feeling like what you left behind, maybe because you chose to or maybe because circumstances forced you into this hallway. You can't get to where your future is, but you can't go back. And so you're here, and you hate here. There's no easy way to say it. You hate here. You hate where your life is. And so just like the Israelites, somehow the enemy has deceived you to think if you could go back to Egypt, you'd be better. Never go back to Egypt. Look at me. Never go back to Egypt. Never go backwards spiritually. That was for then. This is for now. While he's preparing that place, whatever that is for you. For us, it's a building. But what is it for you? Is it your health? Is it ministry? Is it family? Is it children? What is it for you? Is it finances? Is it relationships? Or do you find yourself, you just, you're stuck in this place and you hate it? What if I told you it wasn't a waste of time? What if I told you that mistaken thinking that if you could get out of this place, you'll finally see God move? If you can't see God move in this place, how are you going to see God move in that place? It's in this place that it matters. It's in this place that it proves itself out. It's in this place that it's real right now. What I say is not in notes. It's just by the Holy Spirit right now. What will it take to get your eyes open? When it's spiritual in nature, the Lord has to just open your eyes. 3.30 Friday, he reopened mine again. It's good to be clear-minded. It's good to be sharp-focused. It's good to not just say it because it's truth. It's good to know that in space and time, I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. There was a scripture I didn't read you from Job where he found himself in that hallway that little bit of his life that was really terrible. I'll read it to you. This is what Job said. If I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. And when he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. 
Sometimes in that hallway, it's hard to see what God is doing, to hear His voice. Some of you that have been around me for a long period of time know my quote. When you can't see His hand, trust His heart. He has a good heart. He's not forgotten you. He's not abandoned you. He's not left you. You hold His favor. And today is just a reminder of that. It's a pastor trying to remind you. So. If while I'm speaking on this blind thing, you know the Lord is speaking to you, how do you define that? You just know. You know what I'm talking about. You don't need a better definition. You don't need a broader understanding. If you don't know, then you don't know. It's not your fault. But if you know, if the Lord is speaking to you and saying, He's talking to you, this is for your heart. This is for your eyes. This is so you can see. I want to bring you out of this fog. I want to bring you out of this deception, out of this, this blindness. You know, just like I knew when he woke me up on Friday, I knew exactly what he needed to do. I think it's an opportunity for us to bind the enemy right now and to loose the reality of heaven, heaven that comes to earth. So I'm going to ask you to do something very bold and really brave. And if you know I'm talking to you, you just, you need God to do something for your spiritual eyes. Like Job, you can't perceive. You're in this place and you just can't perceive what God is doing and you need God to open your eyes. Spiritually speaking, you just find yourself in this place where it's just... It's not clear anymore. Maybe it's even very dark right now. And you're being faithful, but it's not very fun. You're faithful, but it's not fun. I believe that the Lord wants to minister to you in space and time. So I want you to stand if that's you. I want you just to be brave and stand. Don't worry about anybody else. Perceive right now. If all you can do is listen to my words... And trust my words. You can't see it, but you hear. You hear what I'm saying. So be bold right now and stand. Yeah. It's many, many of us. I don't want you to sit back down. And church, here's what I want you to do. If you can see well, <laughs> take that spiritually, not physically. I want you just to look around real quick. And if you see somebody standing, if you're close to them, I want you just to put a hand on their arm or their back. I want those of you who are sitting, just look around. If you see somebody that you feel led to go to, I want you to move out of your place right now. If you're like, John, I, I just don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. It's a new day and a new time. Sometimes the way that we find deliverance in our life is to help somebody else find it in their life. Be willing to move out for a few moments. I don't want one person who's standing to be by themselves. If you're on the fringe, if you're new, if you're just like, Pastor, I don't know if I could do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Help us out. Don't leave it up to a few people to carry the weight spiritually. Help us out right now. Don't let one person be by themselves. 
One person, okay. I'm going to pray. I want you just to agree with me. Father, you open blind eyes. You cause deaf ears to hear. You bring our feet into solid places. King David said, I cried out to the Lord from the pit, and he heard my cry, and he pulled me out of the pit and set my feet on the solid rock. I pray right now, in Jesus' name, that your eyes would open, that scales spiritually would fall off, that lies that have told you and reinforced the enemy's purpose for this time, things that you've believed. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Can you hear truth in what I'm saying right now? You are not forsaken. You have left that place that was comfortable, left that place where you prospered, left that place where you began to be hated because God was making you uncomfortable. And your future is sure and it's good and it's right. And you are not going to be living in this place forever. Your future, your best days are in front of you. Quit believing the lie. Even as the enemy tells you right now, don't, don't be disappointed again. Don't let yourself trust in what's being said because you're going to be disappointed again. Stop it. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. May the scales drop from your eyes right now so that you can see clearly where you are in space and time and perceive when you look what God is doing. And even if it's not clear how you're going to get there, you don't need to know how you're going to get there. You just need to know that God is with you right now. And so I pray the Lord's presence in a new dimension in your life. I pray that you would hear Him and experience Him in ways that you had never even encountered God before. If it's in the middle of the night, if it's in dreams, if it's in, with, with people who have never, ever even, you've never even heard them say anything about God before, suddenly begin to remind you of the promises and the faithfulness of God. Maybe it's through messages that we'll speak in this season that God will talk to you about your future. You are not just surviving, you're not just competing, you're not just trying to, to live. God's got so much more for you future that he's calling you to, things that he's gifted you with, and that he wants from you. Man, I just pray spiritual clarity over you. I pray that the, the dullness that has become a companion will drop to the ground. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We pull down strongholds which are lies that you've believed about your situation, about yourself, and about your future. We pull those things down right now. We establish the truth, the truth of God. He's got you. He holds you in his hand. No one can snatch you from there, including the enemy. You know what I do cut you off from, though? From his lies and his deception. And I do blind your eyes to his appraisal of the situation and to his deception. I open your eyes to the truth of what Jesus has and I close your eyes to what the enemy of your soul has. I pray that the Lord would lead you and guide you. I pray that when you're tempted this afternoon to give in and to think it's better to go back or just to simply die here in the desert, you don't do that. But you say strong that the Lord would lead you. <laughs> 
in the day and the night that he would keep you. I pray his goodness over you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to encourage you this week, even today, reinforce, reinforce. Don't let the seed fall to the ground. Jesus taught that when the seed goes out, it finds soil in different parts of our heart. When it lands in good soil, where it can penetrate deep, it can bring back a crop a hundredfold. One seed can bring back a crop a hundredfold. But when it falls in places where it's not, where it can't take good root, the Bible says that the devil comes immediately to steal the good seed. Don't let the devil have this seed. When he comes around like a roaming lion looking for who to devour, let him starve to death in your life, right? Let him have to go someplace else to eat. Don't let him eat from your life. 